Hey, we're doing a series right now called Making Change, and um, it is um, a struggle for me. I don't often talk about finances. In fact, if you're visiting, uh, the last time that I did a series about finances was never. It, was, uh, it started last week, and, uh, and so I think I, I realized that I hadn't talked about money in, um, in about a year. And I realized that that's unhealthy. I've been rebuked by multiple people in the church, uh, reminding me that it's important that we remind people uh, that God is faithful with their giving. And, um, and so and when you're faithful, then God honors your faith. And so last week we started a series called Make a Change, and we covered four topics. Um, we're starting four topics. Last week we talked about less is more. And then this week we're going to talk about how stress is bad. And uh, next week we're going to talk about how giving is good. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about how tomorrow matters. And what's really funny about finances is uh, we all know that tomorrow matters, and we would love to plan a vacation, right? Who, anyone? Right? Uh, Tahiti? Anyone? Uh, uh, we'd all love to do that, but uh, that doesn't happen if, uh, if we don't learn the principles of that giving is good. Uh, and a lot of us can't um, operate in the scenario that, that giving is good, or we feel like that we can't uh, because we're so overwhelmed by stress. Um, because we haven't learned that less is more. And so uh, this is a, a little series. I'm hoping that we can kind of hit all the topics. But last week in talking about less is more, we talked about how it's important for us to minimize all of the stuff in our life. Our culture says you have to buy more, you have to have more. And most of us are so overwhelmed with all of the crap that we loved at one point. I, I think of the Grinch. I don't know if you guys ever uh, watched the Grinch that's still Christmas with Jim Carrey. But um, I, I love this. My, it's my daughter's favorite movie. She has a crush on the Grinch, Mr. Grinch, she calls him. And, uh, and I love the scene where he says, I could kill myself with all the neckties that you guys have. And so uh, he, he says, basically all the treasures that you buy at one point turns into garbage. And, uh, and so I think God does want you just to have good and great things. Uh, but we have so much stuff in our life that we just have to minimize learning how to stop buying things that we don't need and things that we don't want. We talked about how, um, how our God is our belly and oftentimes everything that we want, we need. But the Apostle Paul taught us that we have to learn how to be content and, uh, and, and minimize a lot of things in our life. Well, anyways, this week we're talking about how stress is bad. And uh, uh, I'm going to cover a lot of topics before we get to finances. But uh, there will be a lot of scriptures I drop on you. But to start it off, I'm not going to have a whole lot of scriptures. But let's pray first, if that's okay. Jesus, whoo, Lordy, we love you. Love you, love you, love you, Lord. Help. Amen. Stress is bad, man, and it's growing within our culture. It is everywhere, it is everywhere, it is everywhere. It seems like everyone all the time, it's a power statement that we say, I'm so stressed out. Everyone, it's everywhere. Like, golly, if I get all the stress. And so I, I actually was trying to figure out the last couple of weeks, I, I did some research about stress. This is what I found out. Uh, stress is a, a situation that triggers particular biological response. And so when you perceive a threat or a major challenge, chemicals and hormones surge throughout your body. This is what is stress. It are chemicals and hormones that surge throughout your body that cause you to feel overwhelmed. And, uh, and I started thinking about that, and I thought it was funny. Perceived threats or major challenges that cause us to feel stressed. 
And uh, why this is important is because stress matters when it comes to our finances. Stress matters when it comes to anything in life, especially because of the domino effect that stress starts in these little forms and it, and it overwhelms us so much. And so I wanted to think about some of the major areas of stress in people's life. And before I can even talk about anyone else, I always love to throw myself out there. And so uh, I want to show you uh, a real, uh, something that a lot of you are going to think is, is cute and adorable, but this is, this is stress for me. Um, can, can we put the picture up there, Elite? This is stress. And I know you guys are like, how is that stressful? It's so adorable. No, 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 that's, that's what you know. Let me show you what stress is. Uh, this is the version that I see all the time, everywhere that I look. Lee? That's it. It's real. It's a raging monster of stress, and it's all the time. And uh, parents, anyone else want to amen in this situation? It's stress, and it's real, and it feels like it's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care how much I pray or how good I am, it's still there. And, uh, and so I'm learning a lot about stress. I thought of uh, about six different scenarios of what stress looks like in all of our lives. Uh, the first one is, is going to be, uh, it's, it's kids. Uh, it's time. It is cleaning, cleaning, why, 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 why cleaning? Because there is so much stuff that has to be a certain particular way. And when it's not right, it's wrong. And how many know you can't rest when it ain't right, right? Right. And so uh, I, find, I was thinking about repairs. When something is broken or you hear it breaking or you know it's not the way it's supposed to be, it's ticking in the back of your head and there's no rest because this thing is not right. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And so it's really difficult and it overwhelms you and it gets nagging. And when you see it, we have a, a squeak in our, in, our, in our floorboards at our house. And every time I step on it, I know it's there. And I can feel it for the next 25 steps in my life. That, that one step that I took, that it, it, this is the way it is when something needs to be repaired. If it's your brakes on your car or your windshield wiper or the light that doesn't come on when you flip it. You know, it's difficult. And uh, finances, it's so overwhelming when they're not the way they're supposed to be. You don't have enough money to pay the bills. You don't have enough money to give. You don't have enough money for, for tomorrow or to build a future. And it can be overwhelming. It can be suffocating. And I was thinking about relationships. When you're in a relationship and it's not the way it was and it's frustrating and it's like every time I try, it's worse. And so why do I try? Because it's just making it worse. Does that make sense? Stress is everywhere. And I was thinking about one of the other most stressful things I think is, is direction. When we ask God, oh God, where do you want me to go? How do I do? What is the next step? Where am I going? What is my next tomorrow? This is a nagging, difficult, suffocating feeling. It's a perceived threat or a major challenge, and it's growing within our culture. Or what do you want to do with my kids' lives or any of these other things? So I'm going to teach you a little bit about stress today, and I'm going to talk to you a lot about, about how it operates within finances, or at least that's my hope. Um, stress triggers a fight or flight response in order to fight the stressor or run away from it. Just about everything I looked at and every doctor that teaches about stress says that something happens when, 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 the, when the biological uh, emotion runs through our, surges through our body and causes us to feel energized with overwhelming feelings, that there's a fight or flight feeling that takes place. Well, why this is important is because some of us are fighting in stress. But it's difficult because whether it's children or whether it's finances or whether it's uh, a direction in life, and when we're overwhelmed with feelings and we decide to engage, 
often we don't get the results we want. And I think it's important that we understand that we are supposed to stand and fight. But when we fight when stressed, we often don't get the results we want. And we realize later we weren't the person or the character that we wanted to be. Does anyone else recognize those emotions? It's important that you understand that all stress is, is hormones running through your body causing you to feel overwhelmed. And when you're overwhelmed, it's really good time to take a time out for yourself before you move forward. Because we've all sensed, man, I really dropped the ball on that one, God. I really said something I shouldn't say. I did something I, wouldn't have, I shouldn't have done. But it's because we decided to fight. Some of us have learned how to flight. And we've learned how to do it the wrong way. And this is the problem with flight. Whether it's with your kids whether it's with your marriage, whether it's with your finances, whether it's with anything, broken repairs in your house or things that aren't the way that God designed them to be, is that they don't go away when you put them off till tomorrow. You come home from work, it's been a long day, you've had a lot of major challenges that you had to overcome that day, there was stress at work, and you come home to more stuff, dishes, repairs that need to be done, chores that need to be done, relationships that need tending to, and what we want to say, I can't deal with this right now, and so I flight. I go to the television and I tune out. But what often happens after three or four hours engaged in a television is that you wake up the next morning with less time to deal with what didn't get taken care of yesterday. And there are more problems waiting now. And oftentimes the stress of the other stuff that didn't get dealt with now means that you have to hurry up and do things faster. And when you have to hurry up and do them faster, now you oftentimes have to spend more money that you didn't have to begin with because you didn't make time to deal with the stress of yesterday, and now it's in front of you and you can't deal with it. Does that make sense? I think stress is real in our life and it's in every corner of our life. And if we fight it the right way, it's healthy. And if we take a time out for ourselves, it can be healthy. But if we fly and put it away and put it off like it's not real, it is only making problems much, much bigger in our life. And uh, I wanna talk today specifically about finances. So kids, time, Cleaning, repairs, finances, relationships, directions, it's not going away. Actually, let me read you something. Typically, after uh, this response occurs in our body, our body should relax because it causes us to tense up. But it, it, they say that if, if stress continues to occur, what happens is your body doesn't stop tension and you actually can create a lot of major health issues for yourself because your body wasn't meant to be tense all the time. And so some of the, I, I was reading major doctors, multiple, multiple websites of doctors that talk about stress. They say that you can develop, uh, your immune system suffers, your musculatory system suffers, your respiratory su system suffers, and your cardiovascular system suffers, all because stress was meant to be relieved. It was meant to be faced it was meant to be dealt with, but when it's not dealt with, the problems don't go away because God wanted them in your life. These kids, they're coming back tomorrow. <laughs> your finances, you're going to see them tomorrow. You know what I'm talking about? The, the, the repairs in your household or on your car or on your truck or at work that need attention to, they're going to be there tomorrow because God placed them in our lives. So here's a really cool verse that I found in the scripture. This is David in Psalms 94, verse 17, and he says this. 
He says, unless the Lord had given me help, I would have soon dwelt in the silence of death. I would have soon dwelt in the silence of death. That's that flight method that we go to where we, we retreat to this problem where our problems are not going away. And what happens is that we, this is where introverts live inside themselves, where we retreat and our problems are still there and we're suffering and our relationships are hard and we're not, we don't know where to go or what to do or how to deal with it. My finances are broken and I don't know where to go or what to do with it. My relationship, my kids, I'm overwhelmed and I don't know where to go or what to do with it. And I'm stressed out and I'm maxed and it becomes a grave because it is affecting your health. Some of you have problems in your muscles or breathing or you're developing anxiety and now you need medication and it's all because we didn't recognize the symptoms of, of things that God placed in our life that is becoming a problem because we've learned how to deal with things the wrong way. Does that make sense? Stress is bad and it's so good to deal with it. And I know some of us don't know how and that's one of the things that I, I believe that in my life, uh, I, let me tell you something about me. I wasn't, I wasn't raised, uh, I, I wasn't educated growing up. Uh, I kind of, uh, I, didn't, I didn't have a scenario where I grew up to be the smartest kid in the world or uh, I wasn't all that gifted at a lot of things. But one of the things that when I came into Christ, I learned how to do is I learned how to, how to say help and teach me really well. Really well. I mean, I'm probably the best person I know at asking people to teach me how to do something so I can learn how to do it. And so right now in my life, I knew nothing about finances when I was 19, nothing. I knew what I didn't want. I didn't want debt. I knew that debt was bad, but I didn't know how to get money. I didn't know how to buy a car. I didn't know how to get a credit. I didn't, I didn't know anything. And so um, these problems and these these li let me go back to that verse in Psalms chapter 19, uh, 94, verse 17. Unless the Lord had given me help, I soon would have dwelt in the silence of death. We need help. We need the Lord's help. We need to cry out for the Lord in this situation that he blessed you with because your blessing is not a curse. And so when I said, my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. And when my anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me great joy. I want to learn about that consolation today. I'm going to show you a really cool verse. So as I'm talking about how kids and life and problems are not going away, we can put them away and we can put them off, but they're not going away. This is a verse I want you to learn today is that I know that you're struggling with repairs or finances or your family or your kids or your house or your career or your direction. But here's what you need to know. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, this is so powerful for you. That there is no temptation that is taken to you, but such it is common to every man. What you're dealing with, every other person on the face of the earth is also dealing with. There's nothing new. There is no temptation that has seized you, one scripture would say. But such is common to every man. You got financial problems? So do I. You got relationship problems? So do I. You got career problems? So do I. We all got the same problems. How will you deal with it? And God will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are capable of. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so you can stand above it. He wants you to rise above your circumstances. In the Garden of Eden, God called Adam to be the Lord of the garden. 
He was going to lord over all the animals, over all the crops, over all the fish, and over all the birds. He was going to work the land, everything he was going to be in charge of. And so I'm realizing that in, with my children, when, when they're coming to me screaming, a lot of my problems in my life is that I either don't know what to do or I can't control it. Here's what I mean. I have a relationship problem. Most of the problem is not that the other person is doing something bad. It's that I can't control their response. And I get so angry when my kids are screaming at me or when something's overwhelmed. And it's because I can't control what they're doing. But I want you to understand the Lord never designed you to control anything. He did design you to parent. And when they're overwhelmed, we take authority and we direct. We take control of ourselves, and we parent and we direct. If, if something is wrong in a relationship, he never designed you to control the other person's response or their emotions. He doesn't do that with us. He doesn't control us or lord over us like that. But he does allow us to learn and to listen, and to study. And so I don't know what's wrong in the relationship that you're in right now, or why it's so stressful, but at one point it was healthy. Are you doing the things that you were doing long ago? They're, yeah, they're, yeah, okay. I, I'm gonna keep it G-rated here today. I'm thinking about finances. You can't control finances, and it overwhelms us. And because I can't control the amount of money that I have, oh, if, if I won the lotto, or if someone gave me a million dollars, then I would. Really? Because the principle that Jesus teaches us in scripture is that we're stewards. And if we won't give when we only have $1,000, why would we give when we have a million? It just gets bigger. So he's saying, you have, you have this much, how will you manage it? And then if you have this much, how will you manage it? And then if you have this much, how will you manage it? See, we ask God, would you give us a house? And then he gives us a house and nothing is in the order that he designed us to lord it in. He designed us to be managers in that garden of Eden. And we take control and responsibility for it. And then we deal with the things that need to be dealt with. Does that make sense? And so with, with something that needs to be repaired, I don't know how to do it, but I can learn on YouTube or I can ask someone else's help, but it's either out of my control or I don't know what to do with it. And so a lot of finances is like, I don't know how to fix my finances. I don't know how to make more money or deal with the money that I have. And I'm telling you that most, I can, um, I can, I can, mm. I can assure you today that most of us that have financial finances out of order, it's... God is, just, I, have a, I can't wait to share a testimony with you next week. Like, I can't wait to, sh I, I'm like, I want to just do it every two minutes. Every time I run into someone, I want to tell them what God's done in my life just recently, but I can't. So next week, I'm going to tell you. It's going to be really awesome. It's awesome for me. Hopefully, it'll be awesome for you. But I'm realizing it's just how we manage it. We're saying yes to so many things because we want big things and we can't have those big things. So we just say yes to a million small things. I'll say yes to food and I'll say yes to TV and I'll say yes to cable. And I, I need all these things in my life to make me feel better because this is what I'm supposed to have. And now we don't have enough money to do all the things that God ordained us to do. And so we've mismanaging things. And so I, there's a lot of chaos and stress in a lot of areas of our life because we're not stewarding it correctly. But God has called us to, to be parents, to be spouses, uh, to, 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 to have and possess the job that you have. You are the perfect person for the job that you have. 
And if it's stressing you out, step back and look at the way that you're dealing with it. Because when we fight with stress in our lives, it overwhelms us, we do it wrong. And many times then we don't want to operate in failure, so we back up and do nothing. And that is also the wrong way to handle it. Does this make sense? Okay, cool. I'm going to jump into the sermon now. This is, that was the intro. God led me to this verse, and I, I about cried probably about six times this week. So I know I'm not going to cry today because um, I already did all my crying. If he, uh, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. And so I'm talking about fear, I'm talking about anxiety. I'm talking about being overwhelmed in a scenario where I don't feel that I have the power to accomplish what God wants me to do and, or the resources, which is not biblical at all, but it's how I feel. Anyone else ever get that way? I have a woe is me party about once a week, and I'm the only one that shows up to it. It's crazy. (laughs) You're all invited to come to my party, though. (laughs) Uh, Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, because I am with you. I am with you. If that's not good enough, I don't know what else I can read to you today. The Lord God, the creator of the universe, is saying, do not fear. I am with you. When you have 18 kids standing around you all wanting peanut butter and jelly at the same time, God is saying, do not fear, okay? Your car breaks down. Do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. For I am your God. That's a big deal. I am your creator. I may hold the universe in my hand. I am with you, and I am your God. Calm down. We're going to get through it. I know you don't have enough money. We're going to get through it. We're going to do it. We're going to get through this. I will strengthen you and I will help you. What I love about this is that oftentimes, if you're the problem, you're also the solution. If you're the problem, you're the solution. Say, if I'm the problem, I'm the solution. I love what God is saying in this verse. He says that I will strengthen you and I will help you. Man, wouldn't that be awesome for God to give me Samson-like strength and maximize my efforts that I can do things better and stronger than anyone else because I, I, it's an unfair advantage that we have in Christ because we have wisdom that no one else has. We, we, have, we have the ability to tap into knowledge that no one else has. We have the ability to tap into strength that no one else has. Let us lean on that and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I read this verse so many times this weekend and it, it just was like, this is what we need to know. Whatever you're up against and the stress that you don't like in your life, it's not going away. So you have an option. Use your advantage. Use your trump card. Don't fear for I am with you. Don't be dismayed for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In regards to finances, um, I know that some of us are, are in a season right now where we say, I can't afford to give because I don't have enough. And uh, I want you to know that you're wrong, but I understand why you think that way. Because there are multiple other areas that all of us have in our life where we feel like it's not fair that we don't have the resources to get through what God has called us to get through. We all feel this way in, an every, in a different arena of our life. But specifically when it comes to finances, it's not true. It's the way that we've taught to see ourselves. But if you're going to be a believer in Christ, you have to retrain your brain to see things the way God sees them. And so 
by the renewing of our mind. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're transformed. You will have new resources by the renewing of your mind. And this is the way that God wants us to operate within finances. So regardless of how much money you are not making right now or how much money you are making, I want you to know you have more than enough. If all you have is an EBT card, you have enough. Um, And I'm telling you, I mean that with every fiber of my being. What's crazy is we live in a country where you can make no money at all and have a house and have groceries and have your light bill paid. We are living in the greatest place in the world. And I learned that every time I go overseas and see people that have nothing and they have everything, you're going to do just fine. If you'll do it God's way, it'll be so much better. You may not agree with everything that I'm saying here today. I challenge you to disagree with me. It's okay. I don't get offended. You can be wrong. It's fine. You're wrong. But this is, um, check this out. The first 10% of our income goes to the Lord. The tithe, Malachi 3.10, bring your whole tithe into the storehouse. That there would be enough, uh, there'd be, there wouldn't be enough room in the storehouse to contain everything that it's supposed to do and all the people were supposed to help. Please understand, I'm not making more money by saying this. This is just scripture. I'm not getting a raise today. Okay, here we go. Bring your tithe. When you bring your tithe, what that does is it puts God first in your life. Now, it puts God first. Why that's important? Because when you put God first in your life, especially in the area of finances, you are not working harder for anything else in your life than for money. And when, you can, when God is not after your money, he's after your heart. He wants your heart. Say, he wants your heart. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. Money has your heart. Jesus said that no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. This is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. You will either hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. But you cannot serve both God and money. This is not me. This is Jesus. You have to learn that finances, you're either going to serve it your whole life, or you can serve the Lord and let money serve you. You do it by putting God first in your 10th. I am not telling you that God wants 10% of your income because that's not biblical. Let me explain to you what God does in the New Testament. This is brutal. So if I'm stepping on your toes already, you may want to tuck them in a little under your, under your seat right now. <laughs> this is about to get harsh. Luke chapter 14, verse 33. In the same way, those of you who do not give up, say that word with me. Man, I was just talking to a few people. I think Bill just heard me. In the same way, those of you who do not give up. Can you guys help me preach this thing today? For those of you who do not give up. Jesus doesn't want 10%. He wants 100% of your money. You don't like that. I'm sorry, but you're not getting it then. Then you're still serving money and the world and all of the riches that you're trying to do to build your kingdom. But your kingdom will not stand. I promise When you take your last breath, your kingdom doesn't come with you. We go and build his kingdom. We build his name. We operate with what he has blessed us with, and he honors it. Now, I'm going to take you to another passage. You cannot be my disciples. It means you cannot be like me. It means you cannot be my follower. It means where I go, you cannot go. If we're going to be like Jesus, we're going to be all in with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. 100% of our finances goes to the Lord, and we give 10% to the house. We still give, 
We still help other people. We still buy people's groceries, help them fix their cars. We still are kind to people around us. When we see someone who doesn't have money at the checkout line in front of us, we swipe our car and we're a blessing because I'm not stressed out because it's all God's money. And there's a scripture in Proverbs, I love it. It says that those that give to the poor lend to God. Oh, that's a good one. I, you know what? I want to lend to God. I want to remind God that he owes me. You know what I'm talking about? Like, hey, Lord, I'm just about that thing I only I helped you with. Uh, you owe me, dude. Uh, uh, anyway, okay, maybe that's just me. Okay, cool. I have to show you this. The, the Psalms 24 says this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. Everything is his. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. Okay, I get that, but that's not talking about money. Let me, so what I think is that I think I earned my money. It's my money. I worked hard for it. It's mine. Let me take you to Deuteronomy. This is fantastic. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 and 18, it says this. You may say to yourself, my power and, my, and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord God, for it is he who gives the ability to produce wealth. It was him all along. Here's what I know that I know that I know that I know. We can say, oh, this is mine. I earned it. But the day it gets taken away is the day you go to God and say, oh, God, it's all yours. I'll give you everything that you want. Just give me this. And he does that. And we let it go to crap. And it's important that he understands that he has blessed us with a home. He has blessed us with a car. He has blessed us with friends. He has blessed us with relationships and with children. And it's these things that are stressing us out, making us feel like we're behind the eight ball. And now we're not managing the things that God has placed in our life. See, if we can get rid of some of the stuff that we've bought into, we can have more room to operate in the other 90%. But stress is bad, so we can't give. And there won't be a tomorrow. But you have to understand that stress is bad, and it's all bad if you're still trying to manage 100% of it based on what you want. But all of my money is not what I want. It's what the Lord wants. Scripture says he gave five talents to one guy and two talents to another and one talent to another guy. And they came back and it was all about stewardship. What did you do with my money? And the Lord's going to ask you that. And so many of us are in over our head. We have debt. We have debt. We have debt. We have debt. And we don't know how to get out. I'm sorry, I understand, this is a terrible feeling. You can get out. If you're the problem, you are the solution. God can strength, he can multiply your strength and he can multiply your wisdom. You just have to learn to get rid of a lot of the other stuff in your life that you've bought into. There are a lot of bills that we have trained ourselves that we need to have. We have to have smartphones. Why? Because everyone else has a smartphone? Well, if I don't have the ability to manage these things in my life, then I cannot have a smartphone. Does that make sense? I have to have cable. Why? Because everyone else has cable? Because what will I do with my time? I'll have so much time. If I don't have a smartphone or a cable, man, think about all the things we can do. We can spend time with people we love and fix things that are broken. It's fantastic. <laughs> But we have bought into so many things that we need, but now we don't have the resources to purchase all the things that God has wanted. So let me go over your, get your billing summary from, from Wells Fargo or wherever, whoever you bank with and look over it. Before the month started, did you plan on giving McDonald's $30 last month? Did you plan on giving Starbucks $20 last month? 
Did you plan on giving Coca-Cola money at the racetrack last month? Did you plan on buying? These are multi-billion dollar companies. They don't need your money, just like you don't need the crap they're selling you. It's not making you feel any better. They're actually robbing you every month and convincing you it's good. And then you're more stressed out because it's leaving you Coke and caffeine and sugar and TV is leaving you with a hangover that's tomorrow's way more stressful because now you have less money, less time, and less resources to do it with. You're starting behind the eight ball because you didn't manage the 90% that God asked you to steward. And so we're handling finances all wrong. God has not given you 100%. It's not yours. When we come to Christ, many of you have prayed this prayer. God, whatever you want to do in my life, you can, you can take me anywhere you want me to go and do anything you want with me. And he asked for your checkbook. Whoa, buddy, I, I can't, can't afford to give to that lady. Yes, you can. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. I promise you're going to be just fine. You give and keep your mouth shut and you're going to walk away feeling a hundred times better than the crap you were about to buy yourself anyway. Stress is bad. And many of us, it's because we're not seeing it right. When we come to the Lord, he has blessed us 100% with resources, with people, and with goods. And many of us don't know how to manage it in a way that's going to be good. And so we either fight with stress, we buy things we shouldn't buy because we're stressed out and we need. No, skip a lunch, fast, read your Bible. It's okay. It's actually good for you. Jesus said man shouldn't live by bread alone anyway, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So just read your Bible today for lunch. Save $5 and it'll add up. If you're today in debt, Dave Ramsey is one of the greatest resources I can encourage any of you to check out. My wife is an absolute genius with finances. I know Dina has gotten, I think, $8,000 out of debt. $10,000 out of debt in like five months all because of things that she, resources she didn't know that she had the same resources you had five months ago and now you're just managing them better. How good is God? And you can get out of debt. You can get out of behind the eight ball and you can learn to give and fill your heart with the good things that he wants you to have. Many of us have so much crap that we're stressed out that we have too much of things that God doesn't want and not enough of the good things. Less is more. Stress is bad. One of the best things you can do if you don't know how to do something is know that God has put people in your life and ask for help. I don't know how to do this. Can someone tell me? And Bob Vila will show you on YouTube. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll fix it for you. And you just, just got to put a little bit of time in. But there are people that can help you and that can work with you. Stress is bad. Now, I believe that with the 100% of resources that we have, God wants to use us to do great things and impact people's lives. There are people tomorrow waiting for the decisions we're going to make today. And if you can't learn that 100% of the stuff that you have now is God's, good luck. Because in three months from now, you're going to be in the same place where you feel like, oh, I just, I struggle with this Jesus thing. I'm just not doing good. I just, my prayer life is bad. It's because it, the 10% started off all wrong. It's not sacrificial giving. It's actually just a joy to bring our offerings to the Lord. Amen? Amen?